0: Good morning. Welcome to this time of worship and welcome to our online service. I'm so glad to be with you. And yes, this is a very special day. Uh, First and foremost, this has been a day that we've observed at communion, the death and resurrection, which brings us life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. But today is also special because uh, July 4th falls on a Sunday. So today references the independence of our nation. So today I would like to invite you to consider a great freedom that we have. And yes, we have a great freedom, the freedom to worship, the freedom to to live our lives and to make our decisions without a, a government demanding and mandating our decisions. So yes, we have freedom and today we are grateful For that freedom, on July 2nd, 1776, a decision was made to declare freedom, and that declaration was signed on July 4th of that same year. 245 years later, here we are celebrating that same freedom. So we do thank God. Uh, for the freedom that we have uh, in this nation. I've traveled to other countries, other beautiful countries with beautiful people. And still today, I am grateful for, uh, for the freedom that we have uh, in our nation. Uh, all throughout history, one will not find a greater example of, of a fight for and a preservation of freedom than in the history of our own nation so for this, we are uh, indeed grateful. We're also grateful for the men and the women who past and present and to come, who will serve in our military forces to, uh, to secure that freedom. So we are grateful for you if that, is, if that is who you are. We're grateful for your family if you're a part of a military family. But today we take a moment to celebrate the freedom that we have as a nation. Our freedom as a country is indeed a great, freedom. But today, we also celebrate a greater freedom. Yes. And I know that you've been in places where you've seen both of these flags uh, posted, referencing our freedom as a nation, but also referencing the freedom that Jesus Christ brings. So today, we not only celebrate a great freedom, but we recognize and we celebrate the greater freedom. And the greater freedom comes to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this greater freedom does not simply reference a religion or a church particularly or a denomination particularly, but this freedom references the truth of Jesus Christ. And I pray that today you will understand afresh and anew the freedom that one can have in Jesus Christ. When we recognize God's love, Through his son, Jesus, oh, our lives have a freedom that cannot be changed. Yes, as a nation, we must fight to preserve our freedom. And we're grateful that we can do so. But as Christians, we do not have to fight nor preserve our freedom in Christ. For through the cross and the resurrection, we are made free If our faith. Is in Jesus Christ. So today I would like to take a brief journey with you through God's word to rediscover or maybe for some to discover for the first time facts of our freedom in Christ. I'd like to share with you five specific verses, truths from God's word that will each demonstrate one fact concerning our freedom that we have In Jesus Christ. So uh, let me pray over our time together and then I want to quickly share these five facts with you Father, we thank you for the freedom we have as a nation Thank you for the men and women who have fought and will continue to stand in the gap to preserve that freedom But father as great as that freedom is there is a greater freedom to be announced today freedom We have in Jesus Christ. Oh father may these truths from your holy word come alive with a with a fresh experience of your absolute truth so that we can know the truth we have in Jesus. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And together we said, Amen. Let me share with you five facts of our freedom in Christ. The first comes from John chapter 8, verse 36. If the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Now, I want to quickly reference the verse just before verse 36, to better understand our first fact of being free in Christ. The verse before this, verse 35 reads, A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. Do you hear the absoluteness of this truth? Having read just back one verse to verse 35, a slave's position in the home in in the contemporary day of Jesus was certainly temporary, but but a son or a daughter has a position that resides forever in the family. And when Jesus made that statement, he then said, "So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are you are made free in a way that will will never be changed. The first fact of our freedom in Christ expresses an absolute." freedom when we trust jesus as our our lord and savior and we know that god has manifested his love to us through the son as the complete fulfillment of his love and his his goodness when our faith is in jesus we experience an absolute freedom oh a slave a servant remains in the house temporarily jesus taught, but a, a son or a daughter oh they are forever in the family and i love John chapter 1 verse 14 which reminds us that we have beheld Jesus as the full glory of God and in verse 12 of John 1 we are told that if we if we believe and if we receive Jesus into our lives through our faith then then God gives us the right to become his children children of God so Christian faith faith in Christ Brings about a freedom in Christ that is completely absolute. Because when we trust Jesus, we are made sons and daughters of God. And that freedom is inarguable and absolute. I love the truth from Romans chapter 8, verse 15. And if you know me and the and the makeup of my family, you know how much this verse uh, resonates. Uh, in my life and in my wife's life and in the life of our children Romans 8:15 reminds us that we've not been given a spirit of slavery or fear but we've been given a spirit of adoption this word adoption in the in the Greek huopthesisia actually means to be placed as a son or daughter when we trust Jesus we are placed in God's family as a son or daughter absolutely and we become free we're not fighting And we are not attempting in our own goodness to preserve a right relationship with God. We become free as sons or daughters uh, because of what Jesus has done for us if we trust in Him. And so, yes, freedom in Christ expresses an absolute freedom. I love the story of Robert Salzman. Robert Salzman had a horrific childhood so much to the point that he spent most of his life in prison. But in 2001, Salzman was released after serving the appointed time of incarceration. Once released, he spent the next nine or 10 years really struggling. He found great difficulty in in some of the most basic needs, such as food and, and rent. But one day, Salzman had a breakthrough. He was riding on a public transportation in the city of New York, and he had a moment of grace breakthrough, as, as one person said, because Salzman was discovered. Now, here's how he was discovered. On that same public transportation that Salzman was taking on this day, in the, in the throes of his challenges and difficulty, there was someone who noticed him. A man by the name of of Rahim Ernesto Green. If you recognize that name, you recognize that he is a is a very successful producer in the film industry. Well, it just so happened that Green was looking for someone to play an ex convict in a in a film that he was he was presently making, and when he saw Salzman, he said, "That's the man." So, to everyone's surprise, he gave Salzman a true ex-convict, he gave him a a, a significant uh, role in this movie that he was was creating. Well, as the story was told, one day while on the scene of a uh, penitentiary on Long Island where they were actually filming, uh, Salzman was tired after take, after take, after take. So he went to one of the cells and laid on a cot and fell asleep to rest between takes. Well, as Salzman tells the story, when, when he woke up, he was a bit disoriented. And for a brief moment, his mind went back to his many, many years of incarceration. And he began to panic because in that brief moment, he began to think that he was actually still incarcerated and not a free man. He began to panic and he began to weep. But finally, he came to his senses and realized, wait a minute, that time of, of, of being enslaved and being held captive, it's over. I'm now free. And I love that story of Robert Salzman because like him, many of us can forget, even as followers of Jesus, that we've been made free. And at times the the confinement of bad decisions and the confinement of habitual sin and broken relationships can make us feel as if we are back in that cell of our bondage. And we need to have that wake up moment that Salzman had and and to say to ourselves, wait a minute, that is the old me. I am now free. I'm no longer held captive. And so please understand that when you trust Jesus and you cease depending upon the law and upon legalism to make you right with God and you completely place all of your trust in Jesus, then you have an absolute freedom as John 8 verse 36 reminds us when you are free in Jesus, when you are trusting him with your life, you are free indeed. And our freedom is absolute. Nothing can change that. Now, let's look a little deeper into this idea of an absolute freedom that we have in Jesus. And let's move to a second fact. To this, we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now, we're not merely randomly looking at verses, but we're digging a little deeper with each verse that takes us to another truth. That we need to fully understand. So, having dug a bit deeper in John chapter 8, verse 36, when you're free in Jesus, you're free indeed. We now come to this idea of truly belonging to God and living life in His presence as His son or daughter. And this leads us to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. There is freedom. In the Spirit of the Lord. Now, how does this translate into the life of a follower of Jesus? When we're free in Christ, we experience freedom in God's presence. For the Spirit of the Lord indicates our being made right with God through the power of His Spirit that works within us. Interestingly, this chapter in the New Testament references prior to verse 17 some incredibly significant truths that paul used when referencing the joy of his own ministry to preach the gospel he referenced back to a time in the history of israel particularly exodus chapter 34 when moses spent a great deal of time in god's presence came down from the mount and because he had been in god's presence the scripture Reminds us that Moses' face shone with the glory of God, so to the point that Moses had to wear a veil because this glory that the people, even Moses' own brother Aaron could not understand uh, became frightening to them. So Moses veiled his face from that glory. And then Paul builds the, the application that just as Israel was veiled from the glory of God, even so today there are many in their hearts who are veiled from the true glory of God that is now fully present in Jesus Christ. And so... 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 reminds us that only that spiritual veil over our hearts that keeps us from understanding who Christ truly is, only by trusting in Jesus can that veil be lifted and when our faith is in christ and through the spirit of god and the power of the spirit changing us within as we trust in jesus we then find incredible freedom from that ignorance of heart and from the the veil over our our hearts that sin can bring and so where the spirit of the Lord is, where the working of the spirit of God is in the lives of those who trust in Jesus, there is indeed freedom. And because of the spirit of God, we have his presence working in us so that we can daily live in the presence of God. There is freedom in God's presence we no longer have to do as the prophets of of Baal from the old testament in 2 kings 18 where they they cut themselves to to gain god's attention uh, or to try to gain their own god's attention no we we do not have to fight and vie for for god's attention through jesus we can live completely in his presence what an amazing truth what an amazing reality when we're free in christ we're free indeed that freedom is absolute, and because of that freedom, we can be free in, in God's presence. When, when our older daughters were at home and they were in their high school years, building relationships with their, their fellow students, that, that's very common in high school, uh, we begin to see a unique uh, experience happening in our own home. I had the privilege of serving uh, at a church in a in a town in Texas for many years, and and because uh, this church was very revered in in the town, uh, the pastor would would pastor the town as much as he would pastor the church. And so, so when people would see me uh, in the city, uh, they would they would see me as pastor. And so, when our daughters uh, begin to invite friends over to our home. Upon their first visit, they would walk in our home somewhat intimidated because instead of seeing me as as Nicole and Bethany's dad, they would see me as pastor and they would assume that just as they would expect to be reverent uh, at church, they needed to be reverent in the pastor's home. Maybe they thought that all of our windows were stained glass and that we and that we walked around with our head bows all, all day. So so they would walk in our our house really intimidated. But then something unique happened and I saw this transformation right before my eyes when our daughters would invite a friend over they would come in feeling intimidated as if to be thinking we're in the pastor's home but when they begin to see how my own daughters acted toward me not as pastor but as dad they begin to develop that same approach they begin to realize hey uh, our pastor loves us like his own children we can be we can be a little freer in his in his presence. So so many of them began to relax. Some even would, would call me in a very endearing way. They would call me dad, even when they would see me at church or in other places in the town. I remember coming home one afternoon, walked in the kitchen, and I saw the refrigerator door open. Assuming it was one of my family members, I just said, hey, I'm home. And when the door shut, no one else was there in the house, but it was one of my, one of my daughter's friends, Hunter. And I said, Hunter, what are you doing here? He said, I'm just looking for something to eat. And so that is how comfortable, uh, and we're so glad that this happened, uh, how comfortable our children's friends became in our home and and in our presence. And I share that with you to make certain that you understand that we do not in any way minimize the glory and and the highness and the holiness and the rightness of God's presence. But because of Jesus, we are brought into his presence and we are free in his presence to be sons and daughters of the most high this is why the scripture reminds us that you can say to to your heavenly father abba because you have been given a spirit of sonship you've been placed as a son or daughter and you can call god abba we have freedom in god's presence I have met individuals who strive again and again for many years, maybe some for most of their life, to create the right orthodoxy, to be right in their tradition. And I assure you, although you may be sincere in trying to develop an orthodoxy or or a tradition, the greatest truth is that because of Jesus, you are free to be in God's presence. So freedom in Christ expresses Absolute freedom and freedom in Christ expresses freedom in God's presence. Oh, what a beautiful picture of being free in Jesus. Now, let's move a little deeper to to our next verse, Galatians chapter five, verse one. And we're gonna look at a third fact concerning our freedom in Christ. Now, it was for freedom, this scripture teaches, that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not become burdened again by a yoke of slavery it was for freedom that christ has set us free paul the the great first century pastor and the author that god raised up here said something very similar in galatians chapter 3 verse 13 christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree Paul priest. So Paul, in this verse, references an entire context of teaching that argue a false gospel of his day. They were actually individuals passing themselves off as apostles, but they were teaching another gospel, a gospel that indicated you had to give some effort for a right standing with God. And so Paul preached the true, pure gospel that that reminds us that Jesus went to the cross to set us free from legalism and from, from depending upon our good works to be made right with God. Now, the law guides us in principle, but the law can never make us righteous. The law can only condemn because we can't fully uh, complete the law as the law deserves to be completed. So Jesus went to the cross to to redeem us so that we could not be bound to the law, but become sons and daughters of God. And because of that truth, We stand firm and we no longer become burdened by a yoke of slavery. For Paul, the the particular slavery or enslavement would reference legalism or an attempt to try to be good with our own merits for many people today the idea of a spiritual slavery can be many fold. some are are still vying for a right relationship with god through their church's orthodoxy or tradition others are enslaved to to the bondage of of wrong decisions to to sin and and what we hear here is is powerfully true and and a truth that endures for all generations christ Set us free for the purpose of being free. And so we should stand firm in that freedom and no longer become burdened or enslaved. And so the third fact of being free in Christ expresses freedom from the bondage of sin. We are free. We are free from from being condemned. We are free from, from having to earn a place with God. We are free. And this freedom becomes the very reason Christ has set us free through his death and resurrection. Romans 6 verse 22 proclaims, but now that you have been set free, you should not uh, become slaves to anyone except God. Become a slave to God because the benefit you'll reap is holiness, which leads to eternal life. So we are free from the bondage of sin and we're free to live as sons and daughters of God, uh, to be in a relationship with him and not in a in a position or posture that only leads to destruction. So to be free in Christ expresses freedom from the bondage of sin. We no longer have to revert back to the inclinations of our flesh or our fallen mind. We, we have a new identity, and that identity becomes expressed in our relationship with Jesus and with God as sons and daughters of God. So we are free from any bondage of sin if our faith is in Jesus, to be free in Christ is to be free from this bondage. And I pray that that's a reality for you. Now, moving even deeper, we now come to a fourth verse that gives us a fourth fact of our freedom in Christ. Now, we're moving so deeply into not simply our lives as having become uh, one with God through Christ, trusting his death and resurrection. But now we look at the freedom of the Christian life in general, how we should be living our lives every day, particularly concerning our relationships. Now notice this powerful verse from Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you are called to freedom. Do you see that where we have a calling and our calling is To this freedom in christ so the calling here references a salvific calling we are we are called to live for the honor and glory of jesus who gave his life for us so we're called to be free we're not called to be free to do as we wish because that's not freedom again that's enslavement to sin we are called to be free as sons and daughters of god we're called to be free in our forgiveness and in our in our life that's been changed But we should not use our freedom to indulge sinful nature. Do not use your freedom, Paul exhorted the Galatian churches, to indulge the the sinful nature of your life. Rather, serve one another in love. Oh, this becomes an amazing reminder that the very witness and nature of the Christian life becomes genuinely and authentically expressed in how we love others. And Jesus himself said this to his, his own disciples. And the Gospel of John is recorded clearly. They will know you, you, you are my disciples as you love one another. And Paul seems to pick up that uh, proclamatory mantle from Christ himself to say, Hey, you, you are made free in Christ. But your freedom was not meant for you to do what you would like. Your freedom was not meant for you to fulfill your own fleshly inclinations. You know, the greatest adolescent statement I made when I was morphing through those very difficult years was I'm old enough to make my own decisions. And my mom and dad gently knew that was not the right perspective for me and they guided me accordingly. But our our nature, our fallen nature quickly asserts, I have the freedom to do what I like. Paul wrote that timeless truth for today. You're free in Christ and the freedom that Jesus died on the cross to purchase for you, was not meant for you to indulge your sinful nature, that leads back to enslavement. But instead, live your life authentically, serve one another. Do you see the grand contrast? Do not serve yourself, serve others. Do not do what you would like to do, put others first. Live out your faith authentically in your love for others. So I find it amazing That the great converse, the the, the great opposite described here, becomes easily seen in how one may be tempted to indulge self, converse to our true calling as followers of Jesus, serving others. Our first thought should never be, how will this benefit me? Our first thought should be, how will this bring honor and glory to God and allow love to be expressed to others. And so the fourth fact of being free in Christ expresses the freedom of belonging, or I might add the freedom of community because of what Jesus has done for us. We are made free to belong to the body of Christ, to belong to the community of faith, Why? Because our freedom should lead to how we love others, not how we separate from others. Years ago, someone misunderstood uh, something, a decision that I had made as their pastor. And and that misunderstanding pushed them back. And I was totally unaware of this until six years later. Can you imagine for six years? I had no idea. None at all that there was an offense. Six years of a relationship was lost. And finally, when when that truth was made known to me, reconciliation was immediate. And the relationship thankfully was restored. But can you imagine losing that freedom of belonging because of a misunderstanding that was never addressed again and again, over and over in the lives of followers of Jesus we lose the freedom of community and the freedom of belonging to one another as we as we were meant to belong when we when we withhold love and when we hold tight to grudges all that separation can be severe and, and dangerous and, and damaging and so we must return back to the freedom that we've been given in Christ and that freedom expresses a belonging we belong to the body of Christ we belong to one another and we should not use our freedom to indulge our own inclinations and desires, but that freedom rather guides us to serve one another, to avoid hate and separation, and to lovingly serve one another. Oh, what, a, what an incredible freedom this becomes. Again and again, I constantly stand amazed at how much I'm blessed When I'm given an opportunity to help someone or serve someone and you have told me very similar stories of how God opens a door for you to serve and to be a blessing and then you step away realizing you were more blessed than even the one that you tried to serve in an effective way. This reflects the freedom we have of belonging there becomes nurturing and fulfillment and and the joy of 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 Christ centered love when we can live in the freedom of belonging to one another. Never let any thought, any word, any feeling change this for you. All the beauty and the freedom of not indulging self, but in love, serving others. We have that freedom, even when someone doesn't reciprocate your love, be free to love as Christ loves. And that's the freedom that comes when we are in Christ. Now to our final fact, we've looked at four already of what it means to be free in Christ. Now the fifth fact comes from a final verse. I love this verse. Oh, If I could leave you with any truth on this day where freedom is celebrated, oh, the truth I would leave you is right here before us in Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. In him and through him and through faith in him, we approach God with freedom and with confidence. In him and through him, we, we can approach God with freedom and with confidence. The word freedom here, incidentally, can translate access. We can, with openness, would be a powerful expression of the term. Do you hear the freedom and that openness? Through our faith in Jesus, we, we have an openness to God. Uh, Hebrews reminds us in the fourth chapter, we can, we can come into God's throne room. Can you imagine this? That because of what Christ has done, because he is our one high priest, he has given us access to come into the very throne room of God to make our petitions known to God. This becomes an amazing reality that through Jesus, we can approach God in our freedom, in our openness, with confidence. Again, the freedom references an accessibility, a perfect approachableness. Now, this is not meant to, to be abused. There were severe consequences when people in their flesh attempted to abuse how one might talk or pray or approach God. But here, through our relationship with Jesus, we've been made right with God. And in that rightness of relationship that we had nothing to do with, but all of the work of God in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we can now come to God and have complete Access to him. And so the fifth fact of our freedom in Christ is freedom to access God's presence. Freedom to be in God's presence. Freedom, not just to live in his presence, but to approach him in prayer. To approach him in worship. Have have you considered that Sundays or other days when you worship? have you have you slowed down to consider that when you are worshiping with a genuine heart your worship has become acceptable to god and your being accepted by god in your worship becomes an act that jesus has made possible can you imagine If we truly fathom the depth of that truth, that our worship and our prayer and our service can actually be acceptable to the God of the universe. The the, the God who is holy, there, there remains in Him nothing that is a blemish. His holiness is perfect and His nature is perfect. And because of Jesus, we can approach God and have freedom to access God, to be in God's presence, to be accepted by God, so that our prayers and our worship are completely acceptable to Him. When we're free in Christ, we're able to go to God in our prayer and in our worship. And oh, what an amazing truth to close this day upon, then through Jesus, we can act we can access God. We, we, we have an openness to Him. He, he yearns for you to come to Him. He desires that you would pray and call out to Him. Blessed is the one that calls out on the name of the Lord. And so I pray that with this final fact and all these other facts of freedom in Christ, that you have felt today a, a refreshed perspective of the freedom we have spiritually because of Jesus. And I hope these facts have have blessed you significantly. I want to close with one simple quote from our good friend from many years ago, A.W. Tozer. He wrote this, true and absolute freedom is found only in the presence of God. And I will quote another friend from history, Brella Lawrence, who stated this. A lot of times we fight for God's presence and for for God to hear our prayers because we're desperate and we feel it's necessary. But Brother Lawrence, that great, great inspirational writer from the monastic period, once wrote this, May that which we find a necessity eventually become a virtue. I know that this past year and a half for many has been a year of desperation where perhaps you sought out for God's help and you, you perhaps were motivated in part, maybe even in large part, by a desperate situation. Maybe even now you're feeling some desperate moments and you're crying out to God. Cry out to him. Through Jesus, you can approach him. But please know that there's no greater freedom than being in God's presence. And know that what you're doing in a moment of necessity should become a virtue, should become the norm. And so if there is no other truth that we could take with us today, save one, may this truth ring out. The normal expression of the follower of Jesus is to constantly seek, to give God glory and to be in his presence. There is no greater freedom than living for God's glory and living in his presence. And thank you, Jesus, that you have made this possible through your death and resurrection. So let's live our lives free in Christ. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray that today, a day when the word independence is very strongly emboldened in front of our eyes, I I pray that you realize the only way to truly be free is in Jesus Christ. The scripture says, if we trust him by faith to forgive us of our sins, then we can be made right with God. I pray that your trust is in Jesus today. There's a website location on the screen right now. Please uh, reach out to that. We, we would like to respond and, and have a conversation with you about what it means to know Jesus and to truly trust Him so that you can know that freedom. And if you do know Jesus and you would say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, I pray that you're not just saying that with your lips, but that you're truly desiring to daily live in the presence of God and for the glory of God. There's no other way to have freedom than in Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of this online worship service. uh, We look forward to seeing you soon. But until then, may God bless you beyond what you can imagine as you seek the face of Jesus every day in your life. And hey, enjoy this day. If you're with family, be safe. Enjoy this day of celebrating our nation's independence. That indeed is a great freedom. But always remember the greater freedom, wherever you live, is freedom in Jesus Christ. Trust Him today. Live for Him. There's no other way. Love you a lot. Let's pray together. Father, again, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for meeting with us as we've studied your scripture. Thank you for these facts of freedom in Christ. And may this be a truth that has drawn us closer to understanding your love for us. For that person, God, who has never placed their faith in you. Lord, I pray this day is today that they can confess you as Lord of their lives and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin. God, thank you for speaking to our hearts. Be with these precious individuals and homes that have joined us today. Give them a great day, but Father, help us to focus on the greatest freedom ever, freedom in Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And together we said, amen. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being a part of this worship service. I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.